You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN Radio. We're going all in on the coverage. You can bet on it. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. Remember, the show is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You can see my guest uh, on NFL Game Day Live, which airs Sunday at 1 p.m. on the NFL Network, providing in-progress highlights and analysis. And here's the key to the NFL Network. Now, I know a lot of people, you got uh, you know, you know, got your four screens, your six screens. I don't. I just have one TV screen. But I always have my jump option is 1448, which is the NFL Network, which is how I do Sunday. I got my game on and then jump over to the NFL Network to see what's going on in the rest of the NFL. From them, it is their network analyst. It's Mark Ross, former executive with the Giants, went to Super Bowls. Good afternoon, Mark. Thanks so much for joining the show today. Oh, thank you. My pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. Again, I've told you before, as a Giants fan, I'm a big fan of yours. Even if you were bad on TV or radio, you'd always be aces in my book. Um, how how <laughs> ugly how ugly was last night? And we'll get to Nick Chubb in a second, but just the quarterback play. 140 total passes in those two games for 756 total yards, and those four quarterbacks were sacked like a billion times. Yeah, that was a struggle, wasn't it? Or you could just say it was an old school uh, game there between Steelers and Browns with a lot of defense. And uh, or you can look at it that way on the positive side. But yeah, I think two different situations too with those quarterbacks. Of course, Kenny Pickett, the young guy, second year, high expectations from the Steelers that they thought he would be the guy. Uh, it's looking like he might not be the guy because he's had his struggles. You think you have a big jump in year two, but he struggled really the first two games. And then on the flip side, Deshaun Watson and getting $230 million, highest-paid player in history. And he, with last year, was the rust. And he's had time off and hasn't played in 300-some days. And now through two games again, he looks like he does still just – he's just lost it. You know, so uh, for both teams or both quarterbacks, completely different situations, but both don't look like they're good enough to really compete at a high level. And, you know, at least Pickett, you think, may have some upside or who knows. But uh, he just looks like he's struggling right now. Deshaun Watson looks like he just has lost it. Yeah, and Deshaun Watson, like, obviously the biggest story from last night was the injury to Nick Chubb. There's no doubt about it. Uh, And just that was a horrible thing, and you feel so horrible for him and his family. But from a football point of view, to me, my number one takeaway is I've yet to see Deshaun Watson look good in a Cleveland Browns uniform. Yeah, and, and you might not. And the thing is, the, the stuff he does, you know, the two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, and he hit the ref. He saw like what? It just, I just never had seen that before from a quarterback. Yeah. So yeah, it's just something mentally that's that's off with him. And it's will it be unlocked? Who knows? But as of right now, it, it just looks as if that he just yeah, just some some guys mentally just just hit it and yeah. just can't get it. And that time off just may. He may not just be able to have regain that, almost like a boxer who takes a few years off for something and just doesn't have it anymore. So, uh, And that's a whole lot of money, <laughs> a whole lot of money, a whole lot of the draft picks and everything that got invested in Deshaun Watson. They better make this work in the next few games because there'll be a whole lot of angry Browns fans, a whole lot of angry Browns fans now. There'll be even more. And beyond that, if this doesn't work, it sets that franchise back years. Draft capital, 
um, salary cap, and and you know you're still looking for the quarterback. Uh, moving over to running backs uh, through two weeks. Once again, a reminder: if you have a child. Uh, tell them to block for the running back. <laughs> Don't be the running back. Austin Eckler, uh, no set timeline. Saquon Barkley, right ankle. Nick Chubb, done for the year. David Montgomery, thigh injury. Once again, uh, Mark, I'm sure you agree. Mama, don't let your children grow up to be running backs. Let them, let them kick, you know, let them play tight yeah. end, punt, long snap, anything but play running back. And it, you see both sides of why there's the NFL has devalued and why running backs want their money because they, you know, the NFL, you see it, all these guys are hurt. And it's been that way. And especially coupled with the fact that the teams that have won Super Bowls over the last 10, 15 years have not needed a high round or high paid running back to win. So this is in plain sight, the NFL's argument and the devaluation for the running back situation, the running back position, and in plain sight, why running backs want to get as much as they can as quickly as they can because it's they're one play away from being hurt and being the, the being you know an afterthought in the offense and the season. So I don't think this is helping running backs whatsoever. No. They've been devalued and think they could be devalued anymore. But what's going on this year so far uh, has really hurt them even more so. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like DeAndre Swift getting paid almost nothing for the Eagles after they got rid, yep. you know, rid yep. of Miles Sanders, and and he's doing great. And Sanders is okay. Uh, Mark Ross yep. is joining us from the NFL Network, former VP of Player Evaluation. So, how as a former NFL executive, to me this feels like a it was a slam dunk. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs restructuring the Patrick Mahomes deal to me. Uh, it doesn't matter what he's getting paid. There's one guy that deserves it, and there's one guy you got to keep happy. To me, it uh, that deal made a ton of sense. Yeah, it's not even common sense at that point with Patrick Mahomes. I don't even know what the right wording would be for it. It's below even common sense to take care of, of Patrick Mahomes and give him whatever he needs, uh, whatever he wants, however you need to restructure it to to make him feel good, but also take care of the team. And when you have that guy, it's it's just easy. It's uh, so you know he he's proven once again this year. Just you know, the first game, a little bit of a struggle. Second game, uh, but he still does my home stuff. He's still him, yeah. and he's the best player in the league. And he may go down as the best player in history uh, when he's when it's all said and done. So for the Chiefs, they know this. They're happy to be never happy to just give away a ton of money, but they're happy to do this and happy to have the guy on the team and will continue to make sure that he's happy uh, each step of the way. Well, also, when you see like Joe Burrow struggling and hurt and Deshaun Watson struggling, I mean, to me, this makes total sense. And also because like the Kansas City isn't scoring. That's because the receivers aren't very good. But we saw it in the biggest game ever in the Super Bowl. It was Travis Kelsey and not much at wide receiver, and they got it done in the second half. Like Mahomes is that guy where I don't worry about him taking up so much of the salary cap because he can elevate. He can make B-level receivers look much better. Well, you know, what I always tell people when they like, how do you judge a quarterback? It's just watch them. Just watch the things that they do and. Oh, he needs an O-line. Well, don't you see him running around getting away from all those guys? Okay, that's not his fault. That's overcoming that O-line struggling. And then you see him make magical passes and hit guys in their hands. Okay, he's looking at a stat sheet. It's 5 of 10. Well, didn't you see those five drops that he hit right in those guys, hit hit perfectly in their chest or their hands that they dropped? So just when you watch Patrick Mahomes, even though they're not scoring, when you have watched him these first two weeks, you're like, yeah, he's 
looks incredible. And you remember two years ago at Tampa Bay when, when they got he complete onslaught, and he still was the best player on the field, even though because he was doing such magical things, and the guys are dropping balls in the end zone, hitting them off their face mask, and he just looks different and plays different than anybody in the game today, and really sort of anybody in history. Just the things he's able to do down in and down out. I mean, the NFL is about consistently doing things great. The greater players do things. Uh, consistently better play and play out at great things consistently better than other players. And there's really been no one that does has consistent greatness on every play like Patrick Mahomes. Joined by Mark Ross from the NFL Network. And, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, it's just it's the simplest thing. Give him the money, and he'll do what he needs to get done. There's a bunch of teams that made the playoffs last year that don't have a win. The Vikings are 0-2. The Chargers are 0-2. The Bengals are zero and two of those teams, Mark. Which one is um, in your mind? Which one des- needs to win the most in Week Three? I would say you know the Vikings, and, and each one has a different story. And, and there's turnover in the playoffs every year, where there's there's four or five teams every year that are different in the playoffs. So that that's normal. You you always feel you always know that's going to happen. Every team has hope, of course, but. You know, for the Vikings, you know, last year was a lot of fool's gold with them where they were winning games yeah. and, and, and at the end, and you're like, how are they doing this? And the next week they do it, they beat Buffalo. You're like, okay, maybe they are legitimate. Uh, and then they fell apart at the end there. So uh, Kirk Cousins putting up numbers, but, the, you know, they're losing. The Chargers, uh, they, you know, game one they put up numbers. Game two they struggle. Uh, their defense, they're just getting let down by, you know, really their defense and, you know, end game decisions there and, for Cincinnati, they're the most puzzling for, for me of all the teams and kind of the most disappointing just because of they've played at such a high level, been in the Super Bowl, been in, been in the AFC Championship game. You thought Joe Burrow would continue that magic, but you know maybe the injury is a little bit more than what we thought it would be because there's really no reason for them to struggle this badly. You know, they started out 0-2 last year as well, so is it the offseason preparation? Is it the injury? Uh, you know, they still have time because they have that grit there with Burrow. Uh, but, you know, it's a toss-up between the Vikings and Chargers or whether, you know, I, maybe even maybe the Chargers just because everyone, you know, is getting on Staley and it, can he actually get it done. And they just look the same as they've looked last year. Yeah. It's always an excuse with them. It's always an excuse. It's always an excuse. Well, at some point it's got to be this is just who they are. A ton of expectations coming in for the Chargers this year. A lot of people picking them to go to the Super Bowl. But at this point, they just kind of look like the same old Chargers. Can I read, as we end this, and we're joined by Mark Ross from the NFL Network, can I read you a quick stat? That, I don't know if you've seen this, but through two games, the Chargers have scored over 50 total points, and they haven't committed a turnover. They are the 33rd <laughs> team to do so in the Super Bowl era. They're also the only team to start 0-2. Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect Chargers stat to end on right yes, there. <laughs> it is. It is. I can't. I can't explain them. Oh my God, yeah. uh, Mark, where, where where can people find you? It's Sunday. Uh, watching football. Where can we find Mark Ross? Yeah, Sunday game day live. I'm glad you watch it. I think it's the, you know the best Hell show yeah. going. It's it's so good. It's so fun. It's so entertaining. Uh, but also we have a new show called The Insiders on on Mondays and Fridays. I'm on that. I'll start being on Total Access on Fridays as well. 
Cool. Oh, listen, as, as I said, when my game goes to commercial, I jump over to the NFL Network and just try to consume. As, it's, it's like an all-you-can-eat football buffet. Just try to consume as much as you can um, uh, before the commercial break ends. Mark, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining the show today. Sure thing. Take care. Take care. Mark Ross, former executive, won two Super Bowls with the Giants, and now NFL Network analyst. All right, on the other side, we'll go over some of our favorite bets with the Yankees and the Jays. I have got a cowardly bet of the day that's also a four-team parlay, and we haven't even played any sound. Well, we'll, we'll, spin, the wheel of, uh, we'll spin the wheel of sound as well. And we're from Ryan Reeves, who was asked uh, if he was on the team last year, would, that, would Ratko Gudis have been yelling like a maniac at Joseph Wall? So a lot to come. I'm Matthew Cause. You are listening to Gameplay right here on TSN 1050. This is Gameplay on TSN Radio. Double or nothing. Done. We're going all in on the coverage. You can bet on it. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. I've been informed that uh, that Hozier, or Hozier uh, this individual sings you the song Take Me to Church, is also playing in Toronto. I don't know about you, Josh. I think I'd uh, I think I'd rather go see uh, Duran Duran. Nothing against him. Uh, I'm a little bit older. Duran Duran was more my speed. That's respectable. I get that, yeah. and yeah. I guess it's preference if you're going to see Hozier tonight. Duran Duran's going to be a busy busy night downtown. Yep. Take public transportation, kids. I cannot, I cannot stress that uh, nearly enough. All right. Um, I've got a four-team parlay. All right. I, you would think you would think that would not be cowardly, but um, here is my bet, and these are all on the money line: the 49ers to somehow defeat the New York Giants. The Baltimore Ravens at home to find a way to get through the Indianapolis Colts. The Dallas Cowboys got to travel on the road to face Arizona. And finally at home, the Kansas City Chiefs facing the Chicago Bears. All on the money line. Josh, is that a cowardly bet or the fact that if you do a 14 parlay, I got that at minus 109, cowardly or not? Well, it is slightly cowardly. I'll put it in the in that category. But what I will say <laughs> is that it is the NFL, and it's only going into week three. So a lot of shocks can happen along the way. And that parlay, it's going to be a sweat. Like It, it does seem really How? easy, and that's How's the favorites. That How's that going to be a sweat? The only one uh, that I'm at all concerned about is maybe all the injuries with the Ravens, that running yeah. back, at tackle in the secondary. But... You know, who, who's the backup in Indianapolis? Oh, is it like, uh, was it Gardner Minshew? I'm, I'm trying to remember who is in Indianapolis right now. Uh, it is Minshew, yes. It is Minshew yeah. taking over uh, for Richardson if he doesn't play. Like, there's no, there's no clarity yet. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to absolutely roll. Yeah, uh, against the Chicago Bears, you got to feel bad for Bears fans uh, at this point in the season. Justin Fields hasn't let up to expectation. Uh, do you really doubt that the Giants can't even keep this game close, or is no. it just like a no. wash up? That's a wash. They're horrible. You know, Barkley may or may not play. San Fran, you can argue, is the best team in football. I don't think the Giants are that good. You know, I, I, it's not like a broken record. Uh, but what does San Fran do really well? They rush the passer. 
Uh, the Giants are without Andrew Thomas. Um, we saw how bad they looked against Dallas, but everyone looks bad against Dallas. How bad they looked in the first half against Arizona. You know, they had to, they had to pull off the most historic comeback in their history to get that win against horrible Arizona. So, for me, I have no doubt that the Giants will lose to the 49ers. And, Maddie, that parlay equal to what total? I just want to, can you refrain on that, on that total once you add them all up? Minus, minus 109, okay. so I bet $22.42, because I like even numbers in my FanDuel account. Right. And that will win me $20.65. So. Okay, the, the value's there. It's just you got to hope these teams that are leading up to expectation could easily hand them all losses. That's what it seems like. 49ers are a lock, possibly. If the Giants can come out and say on plays, it might be a different game in San Fran. And then Chiefs over the Bears. Yeah, yeah, this seems about right for you, Matty. I think this is yeah. a, a solid bet. Okay. Uh, by the way, how miserable are Bears fans going to be for the lead-up to this game? Because you know oh, what everyone's no. going to talk about? You know what everyone's going to talk about? They're going to talk about Mitch Trubisky. They're going to talk about the Bears moving up one spot with the 49ers to draft Mitch Trubisky when Patrick Mahomes is sitting there. Yeah. Who just got a new contract where he'll be the highest-paid player for the next four years. Like, uh, the money he's going to make over the next four years is setting a record. And it makes sense. It makes total sense that he's getting that money. But if you're a Bears fan, it's not just your team is bad or Justin Fields hasn't improved as a passer. It's you're going to be reminded about one of the greatest mistakes in NFL draft history. And, Maddie, teams to lose 12 straight games while surrendering 25-plus points? Chicago Bears in NFL yeah. history. It's a, it's a yeah. really bad scene over there. And they had the opportunity last year. They had the number one pick. Traded it away. Like, do you think that was a mistake on many parts to, to keep Fields around and yeah. not go with Bryce Young? Like, there's a, there's a lot of parameters that the Bears didn't go for, and now they're in an 0-2 hole where they should have won these two games. It's a divisional game against the Packers. Jordan Love proved it, and then Baker Mayfield time. Like, he, he's proven it time and time again. So, not a, not a good sign for those Bears fans. Probably last in my power rankings in the NFL at this point. No offense, Bears fans. No, no, they would accept that. Tomorrow's classic lotto 649 jackpot is an estimated 5 million, and the gold ball jackpot is an estimated 60 million. Enter online at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win $100 in lotto 649 tickets with Encore. Lotto 649, find your possible. By the way, are you, uh, like, I was in the first up football survivor pool. Week one, I won. I took Washington over Arizona like everyone else. But then week two, I was on vacation. And there was, you know, a uh, earthquake in Marrakesh, Morocco. I forgot, so I'm out. Are you? Are you in the football? Are you in the survivor pool? I am in the survivor pool. Sorry about that on your pick, Maddie. I am. Yeah. I am two and zero. I'm going on to week three. I went with chalk. I went with the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. So that's already two solid teams off the board for me. Now, for everybody else that's in the survivor pool, you got to think. You got to be strategic right now. Like, are you going to go with powerhouses right away? Just push off those picks, or do you going to want to go with a riskier pick to stay in? Like, yeah. what do you oh, recommend, yeah. Maddie? Like, do you, do you, uh, like, for another week, say you're going through, like, are you going to recommend, let's, like, let's just pick the San Francisco 49ers, or let's pick a, like, a, like a nearing end team with a lower spread? Like, what would you do? I, um, you know, what early on, I try to take, like, uh, I try to, uh, for me, it's less about the team I take, and more about who the opponent is. It's why I loved Washington in week one. Not because I love Washington, but because Arizona is so stinky bad. So that's why that I was, was all over game, that. Though, <laughs> I know, I know. It, 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 it was it was a very close game. But you know, that's that that's more my approach. Yeah, I get it. You know, so 
maybe you know when I'm looking looking ahead to week three, I, I'm still going to look at who are the really bad teams. You know who are who are the horror, and especially where are the bad teams on the road. Like this would be a good week to take Baltimore. You know, at home against Indianapolis. This is a perfect time. Or, you know, actually, I was going to say the Patriots, but they are on the road at the Jets. The Jets have talent, so no, I won't do that. I won't do that one. That is going to be a defensive game, Matty. Patriots, oh, Jets, Ugh. Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. Like that is oh, going to be God. maybe a six-three game at half. <laughs> maybe, but maybe I'm wrong. Like that. That's no, no, just the no. NFL for you. No, unless there's seven return touchdowns, you're right. Uh, so, yeah, the first up football survivor pool, it's all on at tsn1050.ca. If you survived last week, make your pick. You know the rules. Correct pick, you move on. Losing pick, tie, you miss your week, you're eliminated. Last person standing with a set of Rodex tires with installation at your local Cal Tire and $2,500. Plus, we'll randomly give away three more sets of tires throughout the season. Full contest rules available at tsn1050.ca. Brought to you by Rodex Tire, an exclusive Cal Tire brand. Coming up on the other side, Dan Rosen's going to join the show. Senior writer for NHL.com. How are we going to remember Mike Babcock? When he got hired by the Maple Leafs, that was the biggest story in years. Mike Babcock brought legitimacy to the Maple Leafs, who at that time had no legitimacy, was an embarrassment, like just was in the dregs, an embarrassment of an initial franchise at that time. Babcock came in, and suddenly things changed. Now he is out, and I don't think he's ever going to coach again. In fact, I feel very good about that. Dan Rosen from NHL.com joins the show next. This is Gameplay on TSN Radio. You play to win the game. We're going all in on the coverage. You can bet on it. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. Ah! 1985 all over again. I'm 10 years old. I got long hair, a bad um, beaver canoe sweater or Benetton shirt on. Ah, oh, it's glorious. Listening to a little Duran Duran. Joining us now to talk all things Blue Jackets. Interesting in NHL, which is actually is you know training camps and everything is opening up very very soon. A senior writer at NHL.com, host of NHL at the Rink podcast. It is. Dan Rosen. Dan, good afternoon. Thanks for joining the show today. Yeah, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Also, I'm going to spare you. I was going to try to work in the word reflex with uh, with Columbus and their decision to fire or part ways with Mike Babcock, but I'm not going to do that because I'm an adult and I'm a professional and I couldn't think of a clever line. Um, <laughs> how, how, do you right. think, how do you think Mike Babcock will be remembered? You know what? That's a great question. Uh, I haven't thought about it, to be honest with you, because you're, you're such in the throes of yeah. what it is. It, he, here's the thing. I, if, hmm, it's a really good question. I think he should be remembered as a very good National Hockey League coach for coaching hockey, for, for actually doing the job of a coach and leading his team to victories and, you know, playoffs and being a part of it um he has he's been a very good coach an exceptional coach i mean he's one of the stanley cup champion coach he's been to the finals taking the ducks to the finals the red wings to the finals twice 
So in that sense, he should be remembered as a very good coach. I wonder if he is also going to be remembered as the last of his generation. Um, And I say that because clearly uh, with the NHL and the game itself trending younger and younger and younger in the past decade, uh, and players, as we've seen in other sports, and it is now happening in hockey as well, realizing that they have power, the more power, and they have a lot of it, and they can use it. Uh, and if they don't like things, their voice matters. Um, and I think he uh, is a cautionary tale, if you will, for um, coaches of today, uh, young coaches of today, and future coaches of tomorrow, to be honest with you. Because, yeah. uh, listen, I don't. I agree with Yarmo Kekalainen without knowing the, the full details because we weren't in the room, and you know, he didn't take my phone, right, uh, or ask me those questions. And, and mind you, by the way, I should say this, I've always had a good working relationship with Mike Babcock, media to coach, always had a good working relationship with him. He always took my calls. There was always time. Um, my interactions with him were nothing but above board and, and really healthy and interesting. I always found him to be a, a very interesting character, if you will, in the game of hockey, right? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. I agree with you on Kekalainen when he said yesterday, I don't think Mike's intentions were, you know, nefarious. They weren't ill. There was no ill intentions there. I just think the way he goes, you know, the, the, the men, the way he has gone about it with players, that he's certainly not alone, but he's the one that's sort of the cautionary tale now makes players uncomfortable, you know? I mean, it, it puts players in a position where they're not comfortable. And in the past, maybe they were, you know, all right, that's just the way it is. But that's not just the way it is, and it shouldn't be just the way it is. The players should have a voice. They're the product, right? They're what people come and see. Uh, and they should have a voice in this matter. And I don't we think it makes players soft. I don't think it makes players, um, young players of today, you know, uh, going over their leadership in the room and all that. I think they have a voice and they're free to use that voice. Um, I don't think his intentions were bad. I just think the way he goes about it is, you know, not ex- not exactly what is comfortable for everybody. And look, when it comes to that point, you don't know exactly what he's seeing either. And if he's putting players in positions that they don't want to be in and they don't feel as though they could say no at the time, that's a problem. That's a big yeah. problem. And that's how they made him uncomfortable. And I think he's a cautionary tale for that. But I think he should be remembered as well uh, for his resume and what he did in the league. And he was a very good coach. Yeah, I, I had to bring that up at Dan Rose's insurance from NHL.com because when he was first hired to join the Maple Leafs, that was such a huge deal because at the time, you, you, as you would remember as well, the Maple Leafs were a bit yeah. of a laughing stock. They were a joke. They hadn't won in ages. And now here comes hockey royalty. This guy brought legitimacy to Toronto at that time. So to go from that to where he is now is such a stunning turn of events. And, um, you know, that's why, uh, you know, I, I threw it out there like that. Um, what's, what's next for the Blue Jackets? Well, next for the Blue Jackets, and I wrote about this um, in my column on NHL.com, it happened yesterday, and it needed to happen yesterday. John Davidson stepped up. He apologized, said he was disappointed, mistakes were made, took the took it on the chin, you know, ate it basically, right? Same thing with the Armel Kekalainen. 
that needed to happen. The Blue Jackets fans needed that. They they needed uh, they needed somebody to take a hit for this, and and they needed their guys to step up. And ownership stepping up and laying out the immediate future, saying you guys aren't going anywhere right now at this time. By the way, was the key part of that. Uh, that that gave Blue Jackets fans a sense of okay, they're taking ownership of this. This was a problem. Here's okay. What's the future? Pascal Vincent stepped up and said, "We got to move past this." Training camp opens Wednesday, tomorrow. First day on the ice is Thursday. I mean, these guys got to move past this. There is no time. So what's next for them is they better step up, and this coaching staff better be ready because the players clearly in Columbus feel as though they have a voice, and they will voice that. You know, they will use it again. Um, I think what's next for them is that they get on the ice for practice Thursday and they have to move on. And I think the players all talked about it. They, you know, the players did all talk about wanting to move on from this. And they feel as though it's galvanizing to the group and all that. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. That could just be lip service. That could just be words. But they need to move on quickly. They need to accept Pascal Vincent as their coach. He needs to take control of that room. He's no longer an associate coach, the friend, if you will. He's the boss now, and he has to take that role, and he has to adjust to it very quickly. He said the good thing is is that they don't. he and Mike Babcock are aligned in how they think hockey-wise. So a lot of the stuff that they were implementing already over the summer will continue to be that way. So that's a good thing. So it won't be a huge transition in that sense. Maybe a few tweaks here and there. But they got to get going here. And they got to get going fast, and they got to move on. There should be no more echoing of Mike Babcock's name, no more talk of Mike Babcock within the walls of that room right now because he's gone. He's not a part of it. They have to move on right away. Uh, they, they can't be licking their wounds and feeling sorry for themselves. And, and that's going to be the interesting thing to see. Can they move on right away? Or is this storyline going to follow them around, which I think it will for a little bit, and are they going to be impacted by it following them around? I feel we're about like a day away, even here in Toronto, to turning the page on the Mike Babcock story. Uh, and to, unless there's more information that comes out, we've all sort of we're all going to be moving on. And I'm curious, Dan, uh, from senior writer at NHL.com, uh, take Babcock out of it for you with training camps opening up. And I, and this is one of those questions where there's a hundred answers. And I apologize. Is there one or two stories that sort of jump to the top of your mind? Like you're talking to your editor about, I want to write about blank, a player, a team, a <laughs> development. Is it, is there one in particular that, uh, that you're chomping at the bit to get to? Uh, well, um, it's funny. I just actually filed a story that's going to run tomorrow. One storyline yeah. per team for all 32 teams in the NHL right now. Okay. Okay. Is then let's. One- yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there yeah. of those thirty-two? Which, which is there one that sticks out? Of those out? thirty-two, I, I am fascinated by the Buffalo Sabers. To be honest with you, I really am. I, it's been so long since they made the playoffs in twenty eleven. There is a, a great amount of optimism. Having spoken this offseason to players like JJ Paterka and Tage Thompson, there's an expectation to be a playoff team. But they, you know, it's almost like you worry they're putting the cart before the horse here, right? They still all their three goalies right now have exactly 100 games of NHL experience between them. So that's going to be a fascinating storyline to see what transpires in goal in Buffalo and just following this team along its path through training camp in the early part of the season. We've seen it happen in Buffalo before where, you know, like you, you, you have hope, you have expectations, you know, hopes go up as the season starts and then bang, they go on the eight game losing streak and all things go away. Right. So that one is certainly one that I am very interested in following. I'm very curious to see another one, too, 
How's Eric Carlson going to fit in Pittsburgh? Where is yeah. he going to fit in Pittsburgh? You know, is he going to be, and I have a mailbag on NHL.com also running uh, later tonight uh, into tomorrow, and one of the questions was how many points is Eric Carlson going to get? And I don't think it's going to be 101, but it really, to me, it depends on where he plays. How much power play time is he getting? Is he on the first unit? Even if they split it up evenly with Tang and him, they each get a minute, right? Well, who's playing with who? Because if he's playing with Crosby and Malkin and Gensel once he's back, plus production can go up. If he's playing with the second unit, I don't think he's going to get the biggest bump, you know? So that is certainly a storyline I'm looking at. Um Look, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different ones. The National Predators are fascinating. So many changes. How's that all going to kind of play out as it goes? Uh, the Coyotes and Kings being in Australia, I'm not there. But, I mean, look, Connor Bedard is going to be, you know, he's probably the number one storyline going into training camp for anybody anywhere in the National Hockey League right now. The entire Blackhawks training camp is going to be about Connor Bedard. Everything yes. is going to be nitpicked. Where is he playing? Who is he playing with? What kind of ice time is he going to get? You know, how is he adapting? How is he adjusting? Where is he living? All of these things are going to get nitpicked and all this, uh, all over the place. So that one, obviously, is going to be really interesting to watch, too. There's so much hype and so much pressure on this kid. I wonder how he can handle it. So far, he looks like it just rolls off his back, but we'll see. And I don't want to give away everything from uh, your article that people can check out at NHL.com. Can, can you give us a hint uh, when you mentioned about the Maple Leafs, or is it just one sentence, don't bother me until game seven of the first round of the playoffs? <laughs> well, I mean, it could be, probably, right? I mean, they got to get there. So that division's tighter. Uh, it's, it's not going to be as easy, but they, they obviously got to get there. I think the big question in the you know with with Toronto and and kind of what I hit on and you know for their storylines is you know forward lines are are ever changing throughout the season but this is you know it's Toronto these are the Maple Leafs so who's on Austin Matthews line is going to you know be a huge story uh, is it going to be William Nylander or Mitchell Marner is Tyler Bertuzzi going to get it is Matthew Nye going to get a chance um, you know th- those are going to just who plays with Matthews. If it, is it Nylander or Marner on one side? Is it Bertuzzi or Nyes on the other side? That's going to be a thing to watch. And is Nylander going to sign? Because William Nylander has, has said, what's the rush? Why is this a story right now? Well, it's a story, dude, because you're in Toronto. That's why it's a yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He knows. <laughs> I always love the intellectual dishonesty. Oh, why? Why is everyone talking about this? You know why. Yeah. It's okay, but you, you know, know why. why. Yeah. Dan, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining the show today. I right, appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Yeah, 100%. That is Dan Rosen from NHL.com. And, again, you can check out the podcast as well, the host of the NHL at the Rink podcast. All right. On the other side of the show, sound of the day. We haven't done any Leafs. By the way, um, well, we are from Ryan Reeves, who was asked about uh, that ridiculous moment where Radko Gudis was yelling like a maniac at Joseph Wall in the playoffs last year. Josh, and I should know this. I've been looking around, but none of the websites give the official date. Does like is is training camp on Thursday? But tomorrow's the day that all the players report. Like like what is the uh, the official itinerary for the Maple Leafs? So the I, the official day, the official itinerary day is tomorrow. You'll be hearing from uh, numerous players on the Maple Leafs, including John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Like they'll be speaking to yeah. the media tomorrow morning. So that is something to keep an eye on for tomorrow, and then they'll be hitting the ice. Like this, tomorrow is the official start of training camp across the NHL. Jesus. It's coming. You know, like, 
uh, we, we don't have space. Like now, now the Leafs. Wow. Now here comes the Leafs, and yeah. the, the Jays are taking on the Yankees, and, and we're getting week three of the NFL, and Deshaun Watson stinks. I mean, there's so much to get Maple to. Leafs, Ottawa Senators in the mix. Oh like, there's, there's God, a lot going yeah. on here. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Abs- a- absolutely. Like, uh, Dan was talking about, you know, uh, about his... Um, is is Buffalo going to finally make the playoffs? You can ask the same question about the, about the Senators, a team that you know the last couple of years have been very aggressive in in free agency, you know, and uh, you know, and and what what do they look like this year as well? Matt, before we go, I have yeah, to yeah. say to, to to Sens fans out there, I think there's a lot of optimism. Th- their top six is looking different than other years. I'll say that this this Atlantic is is is, an, is going to be an arms race again, and it, yeah. it, uh, people have been saying if the Senators get off to a good start and if Tim Stutzla at the top, Vladimir Tarasenko stepping in now. Josh Norris back from the injury, possibly fully healthy going into the season. So there's a lot of sides in Ottawa, too. So Toronto, Ottawa, Buffalo going to be in the mix. You know, the funny thing is you can argue that Ottawa is actually a more fascinating team because for the Maple Leafs, a lot of it is the same stories. It's going to be the same storylines. Like the who's playing on the on the wing, on the first line is a big story, but – Remember the last couple of years? It's always one guy, and then it ends up being someone else. Oh, and we'll talk. Uh, yeah, turnover. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk a lot about Matthew Nyes because he's sort of the new guy. But there isn't a lot of new stuff. Like you could argue this, the Senators have more compelling storylines, but you know it, it's still the Maple Leafs. All right, on the other side, speaking of the Maple Leafs, we'll hear from uh, a fun quote from Ryan Reeves, and we'll do that next. This is Gameplay on TSN Radio. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? We're going all in on the coverage. You can bet on it. Speaking of betting, I would again tell y'all to take the under in the Jays-Yankees game tonight at 8.5. Neither one of these teams over the last 10 games are hitting 200. The under feels like the smart bet. Hey, the Bicycle Fall Blowout sales back this Saturday at the Entercare Center. Enter online now at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win four tickets to the sale. Plus, a brand-new Bianchi Torino Acura worth $1,200. The Bicycle Fall Blowout Sale features new year-end stock from the top bicycle retailers at the year's lowest prices, including name-brand bikes, e-bikes, accessories, apparel, and more. Just go visit BicycleShowToronto.com. For more details, um, Josh, I don't know if you're a bike expert. How badly did I uh, did I mangle that last word? Not the Bianco, <laughs> not the Bianchi, not the Torino, but whatever the hell that third word is. I, I was sitting here saying, "What did Asura? he just say? What, what happened?" Asura, AC. Yeah, no time for this. Time now for sound of the day. Sound of the day. Sound of the day. Here comes the sound of the day. And Lance Hornby, Toronto Maple Leafs reporter for the Toronto Sun, was, oh, the star, excuse me, um, was chatting with Ryan Reeves and asked him, Ryan, if you were on the team last year, would Radko Gudis have been yelling at Joseph Wall? Speaking of the grid aspect, I don't know if you saw that picture at the end of last year, Radko Gudis standing over Joseph Wall and mm-hmm. yelling in his face, uh, not to point out that particular incident, but uh, less of that, I'm sure, is what you want to bring to it. Oh, I hope he tries that. <laughs> that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be fun. I, I doubt there's going to be any of that here. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it is the Toronto Sun, not the Toronto Star. Um, how many minutes a night do you think Ryan Reese is going to get? Mm. Over, under, nine and a half. You take in the over or the under. It depends on the depends on the height of the game. 
Like, right. it's Saturday night, leaves Hobbs, he'll be playing some ice. Like, he'll be on the ice in big moments to spark his team. Like, these are the moments why they got Ryan Reeves. Like, this was the prime yeah. example, and uh, those comments are not a surprise, Matty. Not at no. all. <laughs> no, I'm, hey man, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I'm, ho- I'm hoping he can make a, a massive impact on the group. Um, they've tried with other guys, uh, the Wayne Simmons, Kyle Clifford, you know, it just hasn't really worked out. Uh, by the way, before we go, Damian Lillard on his YouTube show was asked about would he would he go to Golden State, and he said no. I respect what they've been doing over the last eight nine years or whatever, and I'm from there. Obviously, that's home, but I can't go be a part of that. They won four championships. What I look like going to try to do that? It doesn't even make sense. I'd never do nothing like that. I'd lose every year before I go. Wow, pretty extreme. Uh, I appreciate the fact Lillard's like, no, no, no. If I want to go somewhere, I want to. I want to go to a team that's already just won the title. You know, for him, it's about the degree of difficulty climbing that mountain. Sort of the opposite of what Kevin Durant did when he went from the Thunder to the Warriors. That'll do it for me. Overdrive is coming up next. Have a great night, everyone. Gameplay on TSN 1050 brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. TSN Plus is taking game day to a whole new level with NFL Red Zone. Subscribe now for every touchdown from every game on up to eight screens at once all season long. I love this game. Get TSN Plus today and stream on your favorite devices.